Welcome to Equip, tools for navigating real life. I want to welcome you to Equip Podcast by Arise Ministries. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Pam Keneally, co-founder of Arise, and today Stephanie Feltz is with me. Stephanie is what I call a super mom. She's a mom of three, a grandma of four, a biblical counselor in Oklahoma City, and a teacher for Scope Ministries International, a counseling facility where she empowers clients to discover lasting change and relief through Christ. You know what? Sometimes as moms, we just assume that most of our experiences at home are alike. And in a way, they are. We all cook, we do laundry, we toil over our kids' homework, and more. But there is a different world out there that houses parents who have children with special needs. If you are part of that world, then you know how overwhelming motherhood can be. Everything from learning about your child's disability to researching, locating, and assessing effective treatments and resources to coping with the emotional and physical demands of caring for an individual with a disability can be exhausting. In today's podcast, though, we have some good news. You can be a great advocate for your child even when you don't know everything And isn't that great news? Because the pressure is off and you are not expected to be perfect. So that's awesome. So with that in mind, I want you to meet Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for for sharing with us today. I'm so glad you're here. Pam, thank you for having me. I know. I'm so thrilled. Now, first of all, I wish you could see her her, because her her grandma name is Lolly and her husband's name is Pop. And if you could see Lolly right now, you would think she was a teenager. So it's just not fair. <laughs> Lolly looks like a teenager, like a little lollipop, but that's cute. But anyway, tell me a little bit about your family, and let's just talk a little bit about your special needs child, Caleb Riley. Um, we have three kids, and um, our oldest, were our daughter was 13, and our son was 18 when their little brother was born. And we had this beautiful surprise baby. And he was just, he struggled more than his brother and sister. They didn't seem to have any difficulty with anything. I didn't have to teach them a thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, KR came along and he had to work at everything. And it was, it was shocking to us. And a little bit overwhelming, and trying mm-hmm. to seek out help for that was a lot more difficult than I thought it would be. Sure, I can see that. So, did I catch this? They were 13 years apart from him to the. Yes. Oh my goodness, you get to be a little brand new mom all over again. Yes, <laughs> it, I have three only children. Okay, <laughs> they're I, all spread out. Yes, and then little Caleb Riley came along a surprise, and God had some special blessings for you wrapped up in that little one, I'm sure. Absolutely. But you know what? What do you mean by special needs? I know I know what I think when I think of special needs, but we're going to be talking today about a different kind of special needs that maybe you have not thought about. So, what do you mean special needs? Well. All children are different, all are special, all have needs. So what I think we think of with kids in that special needs title is something visible, something obvious. And I don't want to be too specific, but it, it is just a broad term. And for clarity, when I'm talking about special needs, it could be anything. There's such a varied amount of things yes such a Mm -hmm. large spectrum but any it could be something from birth could be a gradual onset that's realized later could be from trauma illness autism adhd learning differences sensory issues um could be genetic or not it 
could be so many things. Sure. So you're talking about special needs today. I mean, it, it does have a wide spectrum. And maybe you're listening today and you know, Mom, that your child, you know, it's obvious that you have a special needs child. You know, you have, you're facing muscular dystrophy or epilepsy or it could be developmental. It could be a, a, a Down syndrome or behavior you know, but I think what you were talking today about Caleb and so many moms may be out there that something was off a little bit with Caleb and you didn't know exactly what and then you began to investigate and he did have some special needs. And so if you're listening today, mom, and you're going, something is just not normal, something's just not right, you know, this this talk today may be helpful to you because I think that's a little bit of Stephanie's story. Is that right, Stephanie? Yes. So with that being said, I find it interesting uh, that – 18% of the children in America today do have some, have been diagnosed with some f- sort of special needs. So it's really pretty prevalent in America yes. today and lots of help there. So that that's always nice to know. So tell me this. So how do you know, since you weren't sure something was off with Caleb, how do you know if your child has special needs? That's a great question. Yes. <laughs> um, something outside of typical. And if you're like me, I thought that... I would decide there's something going on. I would go to a doctor, any doctor, let them know what I was concerned about, and they would run a test. They would give us a diagnosis, and here's the problem. Here's how to fix it. It is not like that at all. It's not so easy. It's not clear cut. It's a process sometimes of just elimination, and Uh there's not just a single person that you go to. It's a team of people that are helping you, Um, parents, teachers, pediatricians, therapists, specialists. And one thing that was difficult for me at the beginning, trying to figure out what what do I do to help this child, um, having older kids that never struggled, I was under the impression that I was a really good mom. Because sure. they, they didn't Mm-hmm. They didn't have to work at anything. Sure. They were friendly and polite and well-adjusted and no physical or academic or social difficulties. So that must have meant that I was doing a good job. But I worked in the schools, and I saw other kids, and I compared. And I worked in church, and I saw other kids, and I compared. And that comparison becomes a very destructive beast after mm-hmm. a while. And what I learned from observing those teachers and church staff was that if a child has trouble – the parents are doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not true. Sure. But that's the impression that you come away with. That's sure. what's implied. And we all know that there's cause and effect, and that tells us you know, there's a reason for things. But somehow we equate easy, pleasant kids with good parents. But when the opposite happens, then you have rough kids who are struggling and they're maybe unmanageable. And we equate that with the parents doing something wrong. Sure. And that's in no way is that true. Right. But that's in the back of my mind when I was outside of special needs. And now inside the special needs world, that lie is still there. And it becomes a lie that is very destructive. And it can really mess up your day. And it can mess up that time with your child. And so especially in churches, you hear a lot about love and the healing power and growth and that's true, but when you have that other lie in there, it implies that you're not loving your kids well enough or you're not doing enough. And there's a lot of self-condemnation and there's a lot of shame. And you get on that parenting treadmill that if I was just a better mom mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. if I did this better, if I spent more time here or 
it's all about me. It's I have to do more to make my child successful. And we have this corner on the market of mom guilt. Anything that goes wrong with our kids. is our fault. Yeah. Yes. It's got to be me, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's just not true. And so when I had this little guy who had trouble communicating and eating and talking and um, where did my mind go that I was doing something wrong? And I asked for a lot of help and I got a lot of non-help answers try this or it'll be okay or just love him and that just reinforced those lies that maybe I needed to do more or try harder or love him differently in some way and I imagined maybe I was causing this I was imagining this making too much of something but what I what I found was I wasn't the cause of that but that lens that we use to judge other people we use that same lens to judge ourselves Mm -hmm. and Jesus warned us about that but it did delay my understanding of his situation. Sure. And I think he was about four by the time father just told me. He said, no child tries this hard to fail. Sure, okay. that was amazing. It shifted my thinking into knowing that it, something was wrong. He needed more than love. We had lots of that. Mm-hmm. But he needed something that was more. What we were doing wasn't fixing anything. And my biggest obstacle was me <laughs> a lot sure. of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I can understand how that must have made you feel like a failure as a mother. You know, all of us have areas and times in our lives where we feel like failures as a mother. Our kids are not behaving the way we want them to. We, You know, our well-being is based on their behavior, and it's just it's hard being a mom. But when you're it dealing is. with a child that has not been diagnosed with a special need, then you really probably go through gymnastics trying to figure out <laughs> what is going on with me, with him, with, right. you know, and even prayer. I know you've prayed through it all, and it still didn't seem to answer the problem. So what do you do? if you have if you get conflicting opinions about if your child has special needs you know like um you maybe thought they did and another person thought they didn't what do you do if you've got conflicting opinions we did that we uh think by the time kr was six years old we felt like we were drowning in professional opinions we had teachers counselors pediatricians clinical psychologists technicians therapists of all kind um lots of different types of doctors and they said different things and some said the opposite things and so just like you said we had to go to father with every opinion and say who stays in our child's life as a care provider and who doesn't Mm -hmm. and it was a constant just a constant stream of communication with God trying to figure out does this fit does this fit with what I know about my child, the evaluation time that they've had and what they believe to be the cause, or is this going in the wrong direction? Sure. And that's a hard thing to come to. It, he was nine years old before we got anything concrete mm. saying he has severe dyslexia, mm. he has pandas, and there are other difficulties associated with that that you really don't define. You can't just say, my child's dyslexic and people understand the struggle in that it's there's so much more and you can imagine the huge learning gap that's sure, created by sure. nine years old when those things are unknown absolutely well you know what um stephanie you're a counselor and yes. so i i know you see all kinds of different scenarios come into your office but uh our audience many single moms are listening today and i if you're i know you're a counselor what are some just to help identify with her so she feels like she's normal let's just talk about her feelings a minute <laughs> like okay just tell me i'm normal tell me i'm normal what are some some challenges that single moms 
face as primary caregivers of children with special needs? Just what are some of the challenges? Well, having a child with special needs, that is not for sissies Mm -hmm. in any way. Mm -hmm. And if you are a single mom, let's just be real, it's even harder. Yes. Because you don't have Mm -hmm. the partner that's consistently there to deal with every situation. And at night after everybody's in bed, somebody to just talk through things with. Um, there's there's so much. I have several clients that are in that, speci- that situation, and just letting them know that they are good moms. Yes, they are doing the very best they can with the information that they have. This sure. is not a test. Mm-hmm. This right. is you being mom to this child, and God chose them. And as difficult as each day is, it's not outside of his awareness. Mm -hmm. He is active and he is working in your life. And for advice, getting people on your team, having a team of people that help you in some way with your child, um, going to those IEP meetings with you, going to an IEP meeting, that's an individual education plan at your school, going to those alone, I never recommend that. They're very emotional. They're very difficult to sort through all the information. Just have a friend with you. Have a a parent your own parent with you just someone that is going to help you process all that information by the end as you're talking today i'm thinking of several of our single moms in different scenarios um one of them has two adult special need boys and someone else has a a special needs child oh probably a kindergarten kid i'm just thinking of several single moms that are popping to my mind and i know their lives personally and i i want to address how you might be feeling and how I know you feel we're talking about the challenges first of all there's stress we've heard that and I mm-hmm. read an article the other day that said uh, mothers of adolescents and adults with special needs children the, their stress level is comparable to that of soldiers in combat that mm. that just wow. stunned me that is intense mm. that is intense stress and mom if you're listening today and that you're said that is me Pam that is me I want you to know that you are not alone other mothers have felt it that God is with you God created that child there is an answer there is a way out there is a way to find peace as you release your child to God and we just want to reach out to you if you're one that says that's me I'm stressed or another emotion that that they might feel and we've talked about that is fear and worry about your child did mm-hmm. you fear for Caleb Riley were, yes. you, were you fearful as well yes, and we still do yes because you don't know what tomorrow brings yeah the child's future mm-hmm. you worry about that and especially if you're a single mom and you're trying mm-hmm. to just take care of yourself yes. it can be massive I just want to remind you single mom that God says he's a father to the fatherless that God says he is with you when she talks about father she means the heavenly father that you are not alone and I just love that encouragement that you are not alone so maybe you feel fear worry guilt did you feel feel some guilt over this that is I think that that's part of that I'm doing this wrong or and you try harder you get on that treadmill of if I just try harder I'll get us there but you don't really make any headway no we know trying harder does nothing but just wear you out Mm -hmm. sometimes you just have Mm -hmm. to accept what is and release it and trust God with the results but you know what a lot of single moms listen today there's that feeling of isolation you know just that so isolated they they miss out on many family other oriented opportunities because they can't they're exhausted they're worn out or they encounter criticism or judgment from other people and this is hard or did you actually have people that would run from you because they didn't know how to what to say to you or how to address you or you felt people avoided you probably (laughs) but 
my personality is a little different that um, I would not want anybody around if that was a problem so that that may be a blessing in disguise sure (laughs) (laughs) she was saying basically go away yes (laughs) yes there is there are all those obvious questions well have you tried this have you done Mm -hmm. this thank you captain obvious yes we have done all Mm -hmm. of the things that you can possibly think of and we're still needing help from somewhere else um that is that is part of what friends and counselors can help you Yes. Having, and again, with a single mom, it's very hard to make connections because you're always devoted to your kids. All your time is taken up. So there are, there's just going to have to be a prayer of just that one person that you can confide in that can be that sounding board for you. Sure. Um, Other families are often other kids. They don't know how to play. And so it is isolating. Yes. It is difficult. I can see Um, that. But that's not the end. And that's God has a a purpose in things. And we don't I'm not saying that the special need and the struggle is his purpose, but he has a plan. He's not waiting behind the door for you to accomplish some task before he jumps in and saves the day. Yes. He's already present and he's walking through these daily challenges with Mm -hmm. you and knowing that you're not alone that's not just greeting card information that is truth god says you're not alone in this that mm-hmm. i will be with you in every detail of your day what's what's behind you and what's ahead of you yes i love the verse in first john 4 that says the lord is greater than the giants you face mm-hmm. so you just are not alone we've talked about challenges you know one of them that surely you have felt and the moms may be feeling that are going through this in their household is just a feeling of grief grief over a lost dream grief over i didn't expect it to be this way absolutely grief recurrent reminders maybe of what your child's may be missing out on just the grief had did you go through the grief cycle as well there is you go through that this is not fair this is not what i planned this is not what i expected Mm -hmm. um but it's what is yes and so we can we can understand that this is this is who I have in my life. And this child that I have, God tells us that we're wonderfully, carefully put together. He's He's fashioned us, and either he's telling the truth or he's not. Yes. And so it's not a mistake, and it's not an, oh, no, what is she going to do now? It's here's where we are, and in this day, Father is going to walk through every challenge with you. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, even when it doesn't feel like it, he is with you and he'll carry you through to the next day. But he's also doing that for your child. He's very present in their lives. And you can't be every minute, but he can. He can. I love that. That reminds me of a verse in Second Timothy that says, But the Lord stood at my side and mm-hmm. gave me strength. Yes. And certainly, I mean, just envision him standing there and giving you strength and open your arms and receive it, sister. Just receive it. So let me just ask you, uh, we've already talked about some things that the, the single moms can do. She can seek a counselor. She can get friends. You know, find a community of, of people that understand. Um, limit what you can and can't do. It's okay to say no to people or opportunities that come your way that you just don't feel it's okay to not be okay. And, and um, just treat yourself, be a good self-care giver. 
above all. Just take care of your, you know, that's that's the last thing to go, but be a good self-caregiver as well. So let me ask you something. This is kind of personal, so I'm kind of digging below the belt a little bit, but were you ever afraid to labor your child as a special needs child? Like of course, I yes. Were you? What of did course. that feel like? Um, and you're, you're, that, that's reinforced a lot through people that love you. Well, you don't want to label your child. Um, but I want you to understand that a diagnosis is not an identity. Mm-hmm. And a label is not an identity. There are positive, there are negative labels everywhere. Um, that diagnosis is for you to move forward with. My son was already being labeled, and he was being labeled incorrectly. In Within our school, they had... Um, we had heard autism often, and we had that ruled out twice by two different evaluators. But then he was not, they were not able to categorize him as autistic, so they put him in intellectually disabled. Well, that's not even close to what my son is. Uh-huh. So kids are being labeled already. But as their parents, what am I going to do? I need to be empowered to correct that assumption. And so taking him and continuing to pursue and asking God, where do I go next? Where do I, who do I seek out next? Do I listen to this person? Do I get rid of that and and go a different route? Um, You try things, and if they don't work, then you stop, Mm -hmm. and you try something different. But you need to be empowered to know this is my child's struggle, and this is what helps with my child so that you can help remove some of those labels. Sure. The way that you... Or specifically with kids, and we have a lot of uh, people in our community now with special needs kids, and we've always had them in our community, but now I see them. Yes. <laughs> um, but that diagnosis often brought relief. As the kids get older, they said that I was really relieved to know that I had ADHD mm-hmm. because then I knew I wasn't hopeless. Sure. There was something that could be done. I was glad to know that I had dyslexia. There mm-hmm. was a reason that all of these things were hard made for sense. me yes. and not hard for yes. everybody else. Right. And and being on the spectrum of autism, and we have friends that are slightly on it and some that are, are deeply onto the spectrum of autism. And it can help to understand things are harder for them. Um, it doesn't limit them in your eyes. You're still their mom, and you're sure. still going to take that information, and you're going to do what you can, and you're going to help them plan a future. It can be liberating for them sure. to know, okay, there's a reason. And for you to know your child has to work twice as hard, at least twice as hard, mm-hmm. just just to learn the basic information. When you understand that your child's not lazy, he's not lacking motivation or that would be freeing for me as a mom. Oh, my goodness, yes. That you didn't fail to teach them a work ethic. That this is a child who's just doing the very best that they can. You'll start to help them more just because you understand them better. So that diagnosis, it's not just a label. It's here's a new path. We're going to – the regular, typical path – that worked for all the other kids, it's not working for this child. So we're going to go a different way. And my youngest, he is more emotional. He's more reactive, but he's also more diligent. Mm -hmm. And I think he is probably going to be able to fall down and get back up better than any of my other kids. Sure. Because he's done it so mm -hmm. often. Yeah, he's practiced. (laughs) Yes. And falling down with our kids, 
that's not failure. Sure. It's learning. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, you know, and how empowering for Caleb Riley to finally, once you diagnosed him, for him to be able to say, oh, that's why I have poor spelling skills or why I have a difficult with rhyming words or, or whatever or reading skills. That's why I would think that would be not only for you, but empowering for him. You said something that I love, that diagnosis is not an identity. Uh, talk to the single mom for a few minutes. We just have a few more minutes just about the about the power of knowing your identity in Christ. Mm, that is... That's a whole nother talk, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but that is the best gift that you can give to your kids is for you to know who you are. You are a daughter of the creator of the universe that makes you the daughter of the king. That's, a, that's an incredible title to hold. Yes. And when Father speaks about us, any time in the New Testament when we are... A believer, we're talked about as being in Christ. We're talked about as being holy, blameless, complete, equipped, adequate, ready for those circumstances that are put in front of us. Wow. Does that feel true all the time? No. But it is true. Right. I love that. That is so great. And then, of course, we remember in all this, we do have an enemy that wants to tell us Absolutely. and point out who, you know, who we're not. But it's so wonderful knowing and calling upon your identity in Christ, because mm-hmm. that's, that is that is truth. And that is who we are. Yes. So I, I want to ask one more question here. And that that's about the parents role. How is it different from the schools? I know all these moms have their kids in school and they're frustrated with their schools. I hear about it. They let me know. The school didn't yes. do this or, or, you know, there's just a frustration there. Tell me, talk to me a minute about the parents' role and how it's different from that. Yes, and it seems like it would be obvious parents' role is different from the school's goal or role, but those lines do get blurry. And specifically, once you, your child's needs are being addressed, it's good for the parents to know that they're being addressed from the educators for that environment the school environment and so we have um we have teachers that are very we had we had fantastic teachers we've always had fantastic teachers but they have to teach the most effective methods for the largest number of kids at the same time and that knowledge is tossed out and some catch it and some don't it doesn't matter how well educated your teacher is if their district only allows them to use one curriculum for students Children have to be moved out of that mainstream and put in special education or through resource education. And that can be limiting. But there are also, like Oklahoma, they don't recognize dyslexia. Like my child was so severely dyslexic, they labeled him as intellectually disabled. Mm. And there are some kids that are not severe enough that they get no help at all. And so it's very difficult to fit into that little window or to fit through that window. But there are different types of things that are offered by the schools. There's physical therapy or occupational therapy. And so that's one thing that I want parents to know specifically is you do have a trained occupational therapist, but what they're helping with at school is how can we help this child function within the classroom? How can we get them through the halls to navigate best? How do they need slant boards or weighted pencils or different seats for core balance? That's very different from what you as a parent, your goal is to heal those things that are causing all of those problems. So private occupational therapy is going to be very different from school mm-hmm. occupational therapy. And they're going to be looking at those root causes, the reflexes, the, the different sensory problems that are there. And they'll be giving exercises and working with a parent to try to overcome those. So just knowing that receiving OT services in a school 
is probably not everything your child needs. And so when you don't see great gains from that, you're probably not going to see what you're hoping for because it's built to help them function within the walls of the school. Mm -hmm. It is not built to heal them and to correct those things so that they can overcome them in the long term. Sure. Well, let me, um, I can't believe our our time is already gone, Stephanie, but I just want to ask you, is there anything we haven't covered or anything you would like to say to the single mom listening today that would just be something she could hang her hat on or something that would be encouraging to her? about moving forward and trusting God or anything on your heart that you'd like to tell these single moms in their situation? I would just encourage you to pray for Father to send you that support team that you need because it is so difficult to connect with uh, safe people that will actually help you through this process. Um, We have a group of friends now that without them we wouldn't we just wouldn't be able to do all the things for our child that we're able to do. Um, we have a huge support team of therapists, and um, we, we have speech, we have OT, we have um, specialists for his specific needs, dyslexia, and for pandas. And you're not an island, and you're not expected to do this on your own. Nobody's but he's holding you accountable for all of this. There's no possible way you can know how to help your child when you have such massive needs. Don't be afraid to ask for that help and keep asking until you get someone who is actually helpful to you. I love that. And like we said at the beginning of the podcast, you don't have to be perfect. So just remember that. Give yourself a break. You don't have to be perfect. So I've I've loved that. Stephanie, thank you so much. How insightful today to receive some words of wisdom. I hope if you're listening today, if you're single mom, you're frustrated, you're exhausted, you don't know what to do. I, I just want to remind you of a verse that, that came to my mind in closing. It's in Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians, and, it, and I love it. It's one of my favorites. It's God is able. I mean, he not only will, but he is able to make every blessing of yours overflow for you so that in every situation you will always have all you need for any good work and if ever there's a good work you're doing it's in raising these children Mm -hmm. and you have what you need in Christ to call upon to be able to give you what you need to move to the next level to get to the next person that you you are not alone and I hope you have felt that today and I also want to add something I've observed from single moms like I've talked about in our organization that if they were here I believe they would say after having a, a special needs child, just like you can brag on your Caleb Riley, they would say, until you have had a kid with special needs, you have no idea of the depth of your own strength and tenacity and resourcefulness in you. So you take that and you rise up and you see the strength that you have. And for all of us moms, we could say as well, motherhood is about raising and celebrating children, the, a child you have, not the child you thought you would have. Um It's about understanding that God gave you this child, and he or she is exactly that person that they were supposed to be, and that uh, you're blessed. And they just might be the teacher who turns you around. You never know, right? I'm sure you've learned a thing or two from your sweet boy. So with that being said, uh, as always, we want to thank you for listening to the Equip Podcast by Rise Ministries. We love hearing from you about how our conversations impact your life. So just leave us a comment. It really does help us a lot to see what you want to hear. We love that. At Or you can email us at info at ariseministries.net. So let us hear from you. You can do that also by subscribing to Rise 
podcast on iTunes or Spotify. So you can find us lots of places. And all the ways, please, and I said this to uh, Stephanie when we started, please share this podcast on your on your channels, and we would just really appreciate that. So with that being said, why don't we just close in prayer as we uh, as we close this out. Father, we thank you so much that you knew us before we were born. You were, we were infinitely made in the mother's womb. You knew before the day this child was born that this child would be born with these special qualities, these special challenges. You knew you are not caught off guard. And so since you're not caught off guard, we don't need to be. We can lean back and accept what is and trust you and rely on you and you and be mindful as mothers that there are steps we can take to get help and advice, knowing, God, that you love this child more than we do so father we thank you for your great love for all of us and for our kids and for every mom listening today i pray right now through the power of christ you would lift her up and give her the strength that she needs and just cover her with your love and favor it's in jesus name that we pray amen Thank you for listening to an Equip podcast. To find out more about Arise Ministries or resources offered for single moms, visit www.ariseministries.net.